What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got an awesome one here for you today. It is the college football show. We're breaking down the big games. We're going over a little bit of last week, some of the news heating up around the LSU opening. We're covering college football. It's a good day. Let's roll. Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is October 22nd, and we are back for the college football episode. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing well. We are dragging looking at this slate of games. Let me tell you, I'll be open and honest (laughs) with the people here, but we are dragging. It is a rough, rough state of affairs um, in the slate of games, to say the least. It's funny because the NFL board switched. The NFL board looks like a college board. I mean, we got like numbers like Cardinals, Heat Texans is 17 and a half, something you don't generally see in the NFL. You look at this board, it's it's tough trying to find some diamonds in the rough, which for being honest, haven't been great at uh, this year. It's been a it's been a stressful time as as myself. I take it hard. I uh, I view when I give out picks to the listeners. You know, I take it hard when they don't hit. So it's been a, it's been slu- tough sledding to say the least in the NF or uh, college football. But we're trying to get back on track. We're trying to break through fifty percent. We're sitting at forty eight on the year right now. And up, I can there. fully attest to this. I I was with Nate this weekend, and I was trying to watch the Utah game with him. And then I was like, I need to go to sleep. And I asked Nate the next day what time he went to bed. He was like, I had to watch the end of the game. It was 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I was up, dude. I'm up <laughs> every every day. We're watching football. I was rewatching games today. I, I it's it, not even today. Yesterday, like it's we're we're gonna put. I've been putting so much attention to the NFL because that started off so bad to start the year, mm-hmm. and now that's back on track, and we're we're pretty much rolling there. So the college football is going to get a lot of attention here. This Michigan State-Michigan game next week, I am going to be – just be ready. I am coming prepared to make a hell of a pick for that game. <laughs> no, no, you already tweeted out your pick. Your yeah. Pick. That's just yeah. to get the people going. A little tip, a little, little teaser. Mm-hmm. We're going to see. We're going we're gonna to watch this week and see how they look after their bye. And then we're going to talk. The, your offensive line well, is concerning, doesn't start to begin to describe what I felt watching that Indiana game and then thinking about Michigan's ability to get pressure against you there. But we're going we're gonna to look at some things. We're going to watch some things. Mm-hmm. I will we'll fully see. agree with you on tape. This game is not on tape. No. <laughs> and the stats, you guys, are very similar, so <laughs> it's it's pretty dead even. Personnel-wise, except those Michigan corners, they are... Uh-huh. That, uh, they, they're good. Well, you got people like Braylon Edwards that still probably play for the University of Michigan where they don't even bother learning names of players when they're paid to do something like that. Oh, um, so, oh. Tim, you're hitting a nerve say, over here. I have been so frustrated all week between Chris Brichard, Braylon Edwards, Keyshawn last night, and literally, like, I watched Dan Orlovsky blow a fuse in real time. Um, like, just these people, like, we're out here grinding. I'm I'm staying up, sleeping maybe five, six hours a night, and these dudes are getting paid the big bucks. Little guy can't get a shot. We're grinding out here. These men, these guys can't even name a player. Like, what are we doing? What What are we doing? <laughs> It blows my mind how they can't even name players and they get paid to do that. We have full-time jobs out here right. and we know what's going on. It's not that difficult. Put them to shame. I'm having trouble picking paid to do Yeah, I'm having like trouble this. picking games on a spread, but don't get me wrong. Put me in a room with them and we'll take them to school on some knowledge here. Absolutely. 
And clearly, you know, Tim and I are homers, but I think we get fair takes when we when it comes to MSU. Um, and we're very vocal about the shortcomings of the team. And like I just said, I just gave Michigan props on their corners. I am not above saying that these football teams are very similar. Um, but with that said, what Braylon Edwards did at the you know detriment of Michigan State was just uncalled for as a sports media personality and he did later tweet out that it was he was trying to make a point and that as a, a college sports personality he does know the players in the big 10 but still was in poor taste well i mean between that and what i would assume i mean i i can't account for everything that's ever been said towards mel tucker but like the things he was saying that were thrown at mel tucker early last yeah. year you know, racial things being yelled at him and wanting him to be fired. I don't, I mean, I'm not tied into the fan base of Michigan State as much as you guys are, but I don't remember ever seeing anything like that. Like, that just appeared by all accounts to be just a flat-out lie. I mean, maybe not. I mean, you can't say without 100% certainty, but it, it right. by all accounts, just seemed like he was lying there. If it did happen, again, I didn't really see it, and especially people calling for his job, like, goodness gracious, it was a COVID year. Like, everyone was very understanding um, last year, but um it, if it did happen it was a very small minority and i will and give if you credit it, did, it was like random people on twitter that have 10 followers i gotta go pretty low because right. i know i don't have that many followers um but <laughs> we're building <laughs> something tim, tim. Ladies and gentlemen. yeah follow tim at tim taltz or talty right something i don't know i tweeted it out on the card your handle's on there <laughs> um but uh but yeah i don't know if it's because i was checked out last year as far as like um I don't mean checked out in the literal sense. I mean, like, I wasn't going to judge Mel Tucker at all based on what he was doing last year because it didn't matter to me. Um, and so I took that approach the whole year and then was thrilled with the Michigan win and then didn't really care about the losses, even though they looked pretty sloppy. It was just kind of, eh, it's happening. Um, he was left with the cupboards bare. So I don't know if that happening bet- around any realistic Michigan State fans um, circles, but who knows? How we all uh, let's gauge the barometer. Where are we at uh, in fear level for uh, LSU coming and knocking? How we, how are we feeling in Michigan State land? Zero. My fear level is at zero. <clears throat> zero because you think they're going to get somebody else, or zero because you're of the path that you know he would never leave. Oh no, I think that Michigan State is one of those programs where. If you elevate them to a certain level, then you can get one of those premier jobs. And I think you're stupid as an MSU fan if you think that someone raising the brand at MSU and then being afraid that your coach is going to leave, it's just part of the game. Like, this is it, it, it's just what happened. I am at zero because I think there are better coaches, no disrespect to Mel Tucker, I think there are better coaches that LSU can lure and that ha- would fit in the SEC a little bit better right now. Mel Tucker is still, you know, very early in his career at MSU, so that's where I'm at. I saw something that that um, that's, I don't even remember who it was, but somebody reported that it's going to be a Scott Woodward hire, and um, what that means to me is it's not going to be Mel Tucker. Like, we're talking like Dabo Sweeney trying to lure him um james franklin jimbo fisher like he's going big fish hunting like he he took kim uh kim kim mulkey kim mulkey whatever her name is from baylor the baylor woman's uh yeah 
um, the Baylor women's basketball head coach out of there mm-hmm. and took her to LSU. Like she was, she already had a program at Baylor that was solid. Um, and then took her into LSU who I don't know that they're really known for their women's basketball at all. And so that means to me that he's really going out there. He's going to make a splash. Um, and I don't know that Mel Tucker really has the name recognition quite yet with it only being his really first year at MSU. Um, so I would have said uh, earlier this week, um, around Sunday time frame when it was kind of coming out, I was probably at about a 30% chance that um, there's only about a 30% chance of his le- him leaving. Now I'm kind of down around 10, 15. Um, so I'm feeling pretty comfortable and it is what it is. Also, do you want to go somewhere where like winning a national championship and then having two down slash okay years means you get fired? Like, I exactly. don't want to work there. Well, that <laughs> exactly. so that is a, a somewhat valid point. But like at the end of the day, I, I, I think it's funny because I think there are some delusional people out there that are like, well, he won't leave because like we'll be able to pay him the same money. It's like, well, they're not comparable jobs. To, yeah. Even even if you can even if you can yeah. meet the bag, which is possible, <laughs> like you're not even in the same atmosphere as the LSU job. LSU is a top five, probably a top three job in the country. Like they are mm-hmm. without even trying, they're in the top fifteen of recruiting virtually every year. I went back and I looked like the best recruiting class Michigan has had since two thousand was eighth, and that was in two thousand. Then in two thousand four was like fifteenth, I think. And then outside of that you barely break the top twenty. LSU is literally always always there like it's like recruiting's there you're gonna win a national championship most likely like it's just like the the level at which you're playing is different not to say michigan state is a bad job it's a very good job it's Mm -hmm. i want mel tucker to stay because it's great for the health of the big 10 it's great for the health of the michigan state michigan rivalry it's great for building a brand there because when michigan state is strong it it helps kind of prop up college football and it's not impossible to succeed at an insanely high level at michigan state but it's significantly harder like that's a premier job. So if they come knocking, he's taking that call and he's strongly considering it. But to Dante's point, which I think is the right point, I don't think he's as high on the list as some people say. Now, I think it was Joe Klatt said he's really high on the list. Like he is, oh, he's really high, goodness. but I don't take a whole lot of stock into that. I think it's the James Franklins, the Jimbo Fishers, the other kind of big splash names that they're going to go first. And if they can't get any of those guys, then yeah, I think you have to start worrying about Mel Tucker leaving. Is my yeah. read on the situation? Yeah, I, I I would worry about it then. Um, but again, too, the the thing that that does make me more comfortable is you got two billionaires up here that are fighting to see who can give Michigan State the most money. Um, so money won't be an issue now. LSU is a better job, so that's where it comes into play. It's going to be, will Mel Tucker want to leave? At that point, um, what he's built only after being here for two years, whereas. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes down to LSU, and if he fails, like who knows what what happens after that? Um, just Florida because International he'll University. run out right away. <laughs> so, um, so we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. Also, we're gonna take. You know time. what? I'm glad oh. that this happened in the bye week. I, you know, I think there are there are um, uh, uh, sports. Um, people, uh, writers in this town who are on the payroll of the University of Michigan. And I think they went ahead and put this story out a little too early. So I'm glad it happened during the bye week so it's not a, a distraction during next week. 
Yeah, for a school yeah. that likes to brag how smart they are, not not the best time to be pushing this story. This is a uh, week. No, not playing. Yeah, you're not playing. You can weather the storm here. Um, bye week came at a great time. Michigan got a great time for their bye week. Michigan State got a great time for their bye week. I cannot wait to talk about that game next week and go in detail. A war is headed to Michigan State in East Lansing. Very excited for that, so make sure you are tuning in next week because that is going to be a heck of a breakdown. But let's move on to some other things. I'd like to say that my college football prop bet of uh, Oklahoma winning the national championship is right back on schedule now. Now do I think they're going to win the national championship? No, I've been pretty vocal that Georgia is, but they're going to be in the running. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're gonna you're going to have a chance to potentially hedge. So I just like, you know, little hands up because it's been a bad college year so far. i got to take wins where I can. Utah's right on track. we got a huge win against Arizona State to keep that going, but uh, yeah, Caleb Williams, Oklahoma is now ready to roll. We're we're uh, we're ready to go at Oklahoma. Did you mean hand up or did you mean pat yourself on the back? There, pat Nate? myself. That, I was, d- that was a big uh, pat yourself on the back there moment. It's been a it's been a bad week. It's been it's been <laughs> it's been a long week. Yes, pat myself on the back. High quality. You know you know big national figures mess up you know college football names and their knowledge. I mess up key sayings. It, you know we're one and the same essentially. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> but Oklahoma is running in Spencer Pratt. Uh, rough. Or Spencer Pratt. Spencer Rat. <laughs> what a Pratt. name. What a name Spencer for you to be. Pratt. Oh. <laughs> what was the last time you had that name on your mind? Could not tell you. Um, <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Show is on a lot in my house. Um, this is live, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, live. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to invest no cuts, in some no edits. Let me tell you. Yeah, let me, maybe I need to invest in some Spencer Pratt uh, crystals or something here. Um, Spencer <laughs> Rattler. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's on the move. He. We saw he uh, no longer lists University of Oklahoma. I love college football. Social media is so. It's so. It's in its perfect stage when players are about to be on the move or head coaches are about to move and we're tracking planes or we're tracking where these guys are going. Oh, plane tracking is Spencer wrong. Rattler yeah. removed his uh, University of Oklahoma from his Instagram page, and now the questions are rising where he heads. Um, what are we? <laughs> do we think any light, nice likely landing spots for uh, Spencer here? Arizona, Miami, Maybe LSU. <laughs> yeah, LSU. You said why not? Because he's a bad college football. He just I mean, failed. He failed very publicly at a at a university where it's pretty hard to fail at the quarterback position. You think LSU is going to take him? They got Brad Johnson's son, Max Johnson, Super Bowl winning head coach. Good genetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm telling Iowa. I talked to some Iowa fans uh, last weekend, and you know what? They actually have faith in their quarterback, but I'm telling Iowa, go ahead and get Rattler. Turn this whole thing around. Them Nebraska, a little, little Frost Rattler action. That that could be some good That's comedy not right Nebraska there. Nebraska might <laughs> That would be some good comedy. You got to admit, that would be a good. That would be a good show. Just him running around the whole time. <laughs> The mobile quarterback that can't really run. Yeah. Because yeah. he'd be That's forced to run at Nebraska. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's not very fast, but he is. So, I don't know. He's just short. Dude, it is. I mean, the Oklahoma offense is just humming with Caleb Williams in there. Um, they already mm-hmm. almost had it. should be illegal. That he was on the bench. Dude, that's what I was saying. I was tweeting that after yeah. the game. I was like, Lincoln Riley should be arrested. He should be sued for negligence by the Oklahoma boosters for what he put us through with Spencer Rattler <laughs> when you had um, Caleb Williams on the bench. The man is electric. He has almost half the yards that Oklahoma that Spencer Rattler was able to produce in, what, two games? <laughs> like, un- mm-hmm. unbelievable. 
Um, all right, let's talk some college football games. It's not a great board. It's a bit of a rough board. Um, but we got some games to talk about. I'm going to throw some things out. You guys feel free to throw some things out. Um, we'll start in the Big Ten. Michigan Northwestern. The line's 23 and a half. This game is important because it's a big, this is a big focus point for Michigan. You know, what do they look like coming after the bye? What do they look like against a bad Northwestern team? Um, a team that can't stop a nosebleed on defense when it comes to the run play. Um, so big offensive advantage, I think, to Michigan in their ability to be explosive on the ground. But as we've talked about, you know, a couple weeks now, it's not, we know what they can do on the ground. It's what can they yeah. do in the air? What kind of offense they can produce through the air? What do we see in this game and, and how are we feeling about this one? So this is another one of those things where, uh, another time where Michigan gets to hide their um, maybe shortcomings at quarterback because they're not going to throw the ball against Northwestern. There's no need to. You just pointed out that Northwestern um, uh, run defense is horrible. If you don't believe that, just look at Kenneth Walker's first play as a Spartan against Northwestern at Northwestern. So, I don't think you're going to see McNamara throw this ball at all. Um, The other thing, too, is I think Michigan has to put a statement on Northwestern, like beat them by a lot, in order to have the confidence to roll into uh, East Lansing next weekend. Um, If this game is close for them, which I don't think it will be, I think that could linger on to the next game. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this game. Um, I'm almost leaning, like, I'm looking at Michigan 5-1 and one against the spread here, and it's a 23-and-a-half-point line. And I don't know if I – this is almost one of those ones where I do the opposite of what I usually do, where I have, like, the underdogs kind of punch the punch the teams in the mouth in the first half, and then the, and then the big dogs kind of figure it out, and they're able to, to roll them up. I think this one might even be Michigan comes out, punches themselves in the mouth, punches uh, Northwestern in the mouth in the first half, and then they kind of pull pull back a little bit. You never know. They might miss and punch themselves in the mouth too. <laughs> um, but but I, I would be looking at here for more of a Michigan first half cover, whatever the first half line would be, and then Northwestern to maybe even cover the full game spread. Just because Michigan's going to have to, they're they're going to have to start looking ahead in the second half. They're going to have to pull Aiden Hutchinson off the field because they don't want him getting targeting penalties. They're going to have to pull Daxon Hill off the field. They don't want they don't want him getting targeting penalties because it's not worth it to even risk that stuff when when they have to do this stupid rule where they miss the first half of the next game. Dumbest rule um, all so, right now. So we'll, we'll we'll see how the second half goes, but I think Michigan could could pretty comfortably. Um, handle Northwestern in the first half. The thing that makes me worried is if they do start leaning more towards J.J. McCarthy in this game. If they do go more heavy J.J. McCarthy in this game and less Cade, um, and they start experimenting more with that, then I'm going to be a little bit more worried for October 30th um, because Cade has only thrown five touchdowns all year, which is just an absolutely insane stat. Um, Especially with the teams that Michigan has been playing against. To have your quarterback only have five touchdowns, I mean, sure, it can be a testament to the running game, but your quarterback at least has to step up and play at some point in today's game. Um, Cade's never going to win you a game. He probably won't lose you any games either. JJ will win you a game, but he might also lose you a game because he's so young. So we'll see. They are not going to play, even if they're beating Northwestern by 
50. They're not going to play him. We already see that Harbaugh doesn't is not in the business of appeasing the fans. That's music to my ears as well. well that's that's not only that's not only that would not only be appeasing um, Michigan Wolverines fans. That would be doing the opposite to me. That I would be licking, licking my chops if I see K McNamara play this whole game against Northwestern or, yeah, here, or, or even seventy five percent of this game. Before you speak, Nate. Here's the my my hot take, uh, and we can talk about it more next week. I do think if Michigan gets in trouble in East Lansing, you will see Harbaugh roll out the other quarterback. I I don't disagree with that, and we've talked about we talked about it a lot last week, and um, Cade's inability to kind of push the ball like those yards, those throws twenty plus yards down the field, and how he is much more short to intermediate. He's not a big turnover guy, but that's why this game I think is so important because Northwestern is the is one hundred and twenty first in average yards per rush. They're giving up about 5.5. So you can easily run the ball. We know that. They're probably going to establish the rush. They're 89th in yards gain, average yards through the air. Um, the the important thing for this game, if John Harbaugh's a good coach and the uh, and Michigan is really preparing for what's going to be ahead of them and be different this year, what you want to see as a Michigan fan, what I want to see this week when I'm watching this game to then handicap next week, is I want you to see... I want to see Michigan force Cade McNamara to go through his reads, to try to push the ball down the field, to take a couple risks in this game, because you can fall back on the running game in this game. Like I'd like to see them get out to a big, sort of a big lead, and then sort of force, like not they're not going to open the playbook. They're going to hold things back probably for next week, because there is a little bit of a look-ahead spot. But you need to sort of force him to sit there, make reads, and try to push the ball down the field to try to instill some form of confidence. Um moving forward. And if they don't do that, I do think that is a big concern, you know, going forward because he needs those reps. He needs that practice. And this is a great game. If you can get out early, which they should be able to do, and if they can't, that's very concerning, but they should be able to get out early and then start to force him to do those things to get that reps in those practice because you're going to need to be able to make some plays, big-time plays and some big-time throws when you play Michigan State, when you play Ohio State, um, if you want this year to be different and you're a Michigan fan. Well, that's the thing. I don't know that Kate can do it. Um, I don't know if he can I either. Really, I haven't seen I don't that really ability. I think he can. That's why um, you force so, him here to try to do it and get more reps and get more practice and try to get more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I just Again, I don't think Kate can, so I'm, I'd am i be more happy if Kate's out there versus uh, J.J. McCarthy, to be honest, <laughs> uh, on October 30th. That's really where my head's at. I, I don't that's disagree. That's kind of what I'm rooting for. Also, I, I'm 1,000% rooting for Harb- Harbaugh's stubbornness. And that's, yeah, that's that's the part that has to change if they want to change as a program. If they want this year to truly be different, that is the part that has to change. And I don't know. We're going to get some, we're going to get a lot of, we're going to get a good read on who this team is this week coming off the bye. We got a great read against Nebraska. Do they improve off that game? Do they you clean know, up some things? And are they prepping for this next game? Change as a program? Yeah. That's what I'm, uh, I was about to say. Harbaugh kind of is in the same position that D'Antonio was in, where we're seeing a lot of the same from Harbaugh, and it's becoming stagnant. Um, and he is kind of living by uh, the recruits, right? He gets the personnel, and that makes up a lot for it. Yeah. Um, and then he, they have made some good hires in the, I guess, the last year, couple years, but eventually that's not going to be enough, and the Big Ten is going to leave Michigan. Again, Michigan was here, uh, what, like four or five years ago, which is Brady Hope, or I guess 
now seven or eight years ago with Brady Hokes, where we saw the same thing where Brady Hoke had like one or two good teams and then all of a sudden Michigan was at the bottom. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Michigan, this is going to happen to Michigan tomorrow. I'm saying that if Harbaugh stays on the same trajectory, that's where Michigan's going to end. And again, trust me, I, we saw this happen with D'Antonio. I'm only telling you from experience. Yeah. Yep. That, and have you ever seen a head coach take a 50% pay cut and stay at his own job? Like, <laughs> no. It's true. Ever. It's fair. Imagine your boss handing you, saying, hey, here's a 50% pay cut, but you got to keep doing the exact same stuff. What? Yeah. Why? That's Why? fair. Move on. It's clearly not working if you had to give him a 50% pay cut. But I agree. I'm happy he's there. I was gonna say you don't want them moving on because if they move on, I have a, I have, and I know people are calling me crazy for this, but I have a strong feeling if they move on from John Harbaugh that they are going to be looking to their neighbors Jim. in Ohio. Jim. Jim, John is in at Baltimore. Yep. As soon as it left my mouth, I was like, that was wrong. Um, as that was I just worse give than Spencer Pratt. As as I just. <laughs> It was. No. Like, was bad. Yeah, as I give, I've as you know, it's real great because I made a whole point about how media members were really messing things up, and here I am just flying. But I knew it as soon as it happened. We're correcting it in show. Um, I figured I'd keep you in check. Yeah, keep it in check. The um, where was it going? Oh, they're going to turn their attentions to their neighbors and uh, Luke Fickle. I have a very strong feeling if they were to get rid of John Harbaugh this year, you do not. I know everybody's like, no, he will never leave. But you give enough, a big enough bag to the, that program with no expectation of when Brian Day is going to leave for the NFL, there is a real possibility he takes that job, I think. Very Bo Schembrocker-like. It's still, it's still Jim Nate. Um, we'll we'll Jim. get that through your head at yeah. some point. <laughs> also, I don't think Luke Fickle – I think – I don't think Luke Fickle wants anything to do with the Big Ten after his – I don't know. Until OSU. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a very real possibility that if they also if Luke Fickle goes to Michigan, he will be a pariah in half the state. Yeah, it's a very Bo like though. That's exactly what happened with Bo. So like you know, come in and raid the state of Ohio for a great coaching prospect with the bigger, with the better program, the bigger budget, the better facilities. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Like Harbaugh would have to be fired this year for that probably to happen. They would. They also won't fire Hardball. They, that's the thing. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't. You don't agreement. want them yeah. firing Hardball this year. You want him to stay yeah. in place. Is essentially what. Oh yeah, I would what, like Hardball yeah. to continue to stay there. Yes. Or I would sign him up for a lifetime contract right now. That's what Gilbert <laughs> and Matt Ishbia should be doing. They should be working on being donors to the University of Michigan. That would be the best money spent as a Michigan State grad to endow that Jim Harbaugh contract. Whatever he wants, he can have. I agree. Nate, you better move us on from this or people are going to complain. I am. Don't worry. We're we're, we're going. All right. We're talking Oregon, UCLA. We do have a strong fan base in the state of Michigan. So, you know, we want to make sure we are appeasing our fans to a point. But we have fans other places in the country and greater college football fans. So we do need to move on. And we're moving to Oregon, UCLA. We're taking our talents west. The line is at one and a half. UCLA is favored, surprisingly, here. Um, Over under is 60 and a half. How are we feeling about this game? What are our initial thoughts going into this one? UCLA wins this game. That's my initial thought. Oh, all right. All right. I do not. I do not hate that take. Um, After, so, um, Oregon played, um, had a scare last week, right? Last yep. Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Still uh, mind-boggling. UCLA did not once down in uh, the red zone look to the wide side of the field to throw the ball. Oh Unbelievably, oh. just one of the dumbest blunders I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable. I think Oregon. Here's why I think UCLA wins this game. I don't. And now maybe you're going to refute my point with what you just said. But I think Oregon gets in its way up. It's way a lot. It gets in the way of 100% itself a lot. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know what it is. Eh. Um, but um, if it's a close game, UCLA wins. Obviously, Vegas thinks it's going to be a very close game. Yep. Um, so I think UCLA wins this game. I mean, this is big time television, in my opinion. I mean, you got Chip Kelly going back or playing against his old team. You've got an Oregon Ducks team, and everybody in Columbus is hoping what you just said happens because the worst-case scenario is Oregon winning out the Pac-12, which I do not think is going to happen, but there is a possibility that's going to happen. And if they do, we and Ohio State wins out in the Big Ten, Ohio State does not have a chance getting in because of the head-to-head, which if you played that game today, there is no way Ohio State loses that game. Just no way. I no, I think Ohio State would get in. You can't. Head to head means something. Games matter and they don't they I don't think they get in. Because if if you if you put in if they both win out and they both are in this situation at the end of the year and you put Ohio State in, literally nothing matters. Because you had a head to head in Columbus. It, in Columbus. You had a head to head in Columbus and you lost. That matters. But it does matter though, right? Because we want the best teams going in. No, they no, they yeah. they decided a long time ago it wasn't about the best teams necessarily. There are specific criteria, and you can't. There's no way they'll do that. Well, those specific criteria also happen to sometimes be fan bases. Um, Not untrue. <laughs> and I would argue that Ohio State would have a little bit larger of a following than Oregon, um, but I. I'm, I don't know how you would leave Ohio State out, even though they lost to Oregon. Because they lost head-to-head. Head. The if they run the table and win the Big Ten. Yeah, because here's the other thing. The wins they, that Ohio State would have are just yeah, head and shoulders above Nothing Oregon. would matter. Over top, ten, over top ten opponents. No, it does no, matter. They you would played head-to-head. Head. multiple wins, but they have multiple wins over top ten opponents. Where Who has UCLA played besides Ohio State? I, I don't disagree necessarily with that, but once again, Ohio State had them at Ohio State with the best player on the team not playing, best player in the country not playing in Thibodeau, and they lost. And I love college football. They lost 35-28. to 28. And, you know, Oregon will get to play a Utah team later down the road, you know, you know, make that what it is. I think they're very, the Utes are a good football team. But, yeah, no, that's their big win. But it's head-to-head. That has to matter. It just has to. I, I love that we get to argue about a, a thing that might never oh, happen. Oh, it's probably not going to happen because, um, once again, makes me so happy. Oregon is not. we'll never I, know the end of this argument, and we'll, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll always be right, and so will you. Nate, it's true. the Bruins are 5-2 and two against the spread. UCLA is 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, no, I think I I do. Here's the problem with Oregon, and it's it's a town. I mean, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon I knew one in five. Yeah, or one in five. Ugh. Oregon. Yeah, look at that. That's what I was looking at, and this yeah. is only one. And UCLA's favored here, so they're only getting one point. I mean, it. it I don't like those numbers. It, yeah, this is. Here's the other thing too. Oregon has to beat UCLA in this game convincingly, convincingly. If here's the problem with Oregon. By UCLA, that's not gonna work. And why I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12. They're wildly inconsistent offensively. Yes. The quarterback play is inconsistent. They don't have like that elite running back 
or that game-changing back like they've had in the past. There's inconsistencies there. And then you have a defense that is also inconsistent week-to-week in varying the run, ability to stop the run. Their back end is is good. Um, You can take advantage of them a little bit in the slot. You know, Thibodeau is obviously... I think the best player in college football. He should be the number one draft pick, most likely. I mean, in half his snaps, he's getting pressure. It's insane, his numbers. The man is an absolute monster. And UCLA presents a real danger here because they have the ability to run the ball. DTR is getting a little bit more healthy. He has that ability where they're getting back their number one wide receiver potentially this week. Um, They have the ability to expose them through the run a little bit. So these are all things that I think lend well to UCLA. um, And help them kind of cover this number. I'm not betting this game, but if I was, yeah, I would definitely look towards UCLA in this spot, Um, which, once again, is the best news Ohio State fans could hope for because then they don't even have to worry about this hypothetical we're throwing out there. It's almost better for UC fans. We should be talking about for UC well, fans. Well, I've been good. saying this. They're making the playoffs, team. It doesn't matter. They are making the playoffs. <laughs> I've been very vocal about this. I am very I, right about this. UC I is making the playoffs, know. and they are Maybe deserving of it. It's so scary for UC. They're going to beat the brakes off Navy. <laughs> Absolute brakes. There's a reason that spreads at 27 and a half. We, don't not, we do not need to cover that, but if you want to bait me into a UC, UC conversation, I'm more than happy to be baited into that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think at one point you weren't even allowed to bet the UC uh, Navy game. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's sitting at 27 and a half last time I checked. Um, on to greener pastures. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Line is six and a half last I checked. Over under is 46 and a half. Where are we feeling? Where are we at with this game? This is one of those ones. I heard you guys last week saying that Tim might be onto something. Uh oh. Okay. Like, if. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Texas was able to move the ball on Oklahoma State. If they don't have that pick six, 85-yard pick six before the half, which flipped that game on a dime, we're having a different conversation this week about what Oklahoma State presents. Just saying. You were right. You were right. I wasn't really right because I took the over, so it didn't hit. It didn't, um, but like you're, what we talked about was somewhat right. But I was also right in Oklahoma State's defense is – overrated in my opinion it's in the big 12 of course it's overrated <laughs> yeah but everybody's out here trying to make them like the, they're this big great thing and they're just not and they can't move oh. the ball offensively i mean they're back to they're using their bye week to go over like basic concepts and like basic technique apparently is the word out of camp so like what are we talking about here people um you know That's texas big 12 in general this is true the issue with this game is inconsistency from Brock Purdy and what Brock Purdy are we going to get? Because if we get good Brock Purdy, I don't see how Oklahoma State really is able to move the ball against Iowa State. Iowa State is a top 10 rushing defense. Um, and if they can't rush the ball, I do, not, I do not know how they legitimately stay within this number if we get good Brock Purdy. But the question is, do we get good Brock Purdy? I was about to say, Iowa State has great defensive stats, but if you've been watching them, they've been trending in the wrong direction right not untrue so but then now i'm on the other side of the field like can oklahoma actually do something on off oklahoma state do something on offense Ugh. 
I don't like this game. Yeah, I don't love like I don't love the Iowa State team if we put them up against other teams, but matchups make fights, and I think the front seven for Iowa State going up against this Oklahoma State offense and just the inability to throw, you know, really anything complex at you from an offensive standpoint, it just right. that matchup feels very one sided here. And that that this is going to be like a seventeen twenty four game, isn't it? <laughs> I hope not, because I am I am backing Iowa State in this. Um, I I'm nervous about it because it's Brock Purdy, but I just I have zero faith in that Oklahoma State offense. They played a far superior Texas defense, and they did not look great. And they're stepping up in class against this Oklahoma or this Iowa State defense. I'm not following why this is a seven point. Why Iowa State's really a seven point favorite? This feels like a three or four point game to me. I think it's for the exact reason I just said that Oklahoma State's inability to really move the football. <laughs> they can't really score. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Score. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma plus seven. Take it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're booking it. Um. Here's a game we're gonna touch on because I don't know if anybody to start the season would have had this line out there. I don't think there's a single soul, if they're being honest with themselves, would have seen this coming. We here, though, on Trophy Kids have taken advantage of this team's misfortune. We on Trophy Kids probably have been rooting extremely hard for the misfortunes of this team because one certain host in myself is a extremely anti-Dabo guy. But Clemson Tigers are the underdog against Pitt this week. Just... Uh. Live in that, live in that statement, that aroma you get, that excitement you get for the demise of Clemson here. Because uh, maybe you're not. If you're a Clemson fan, I'm sorry, but you know, I I, I just do not like the Dabo show. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Dabo show. I've been very vocal about that. This game, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I am going to pass it to you all to start. The line is three and a half. Over unders forty seven and a half. It's just crazy to think that this is where Clemson's at, given where they've been. Fade Pat Narduzzi. Fade him. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Oh, fade him. <laughs> All right. Oh. Um, Pittsburgh's always good for a letdown game or two. Or two. Year. They even are. Even or a season. Even when they're, even when they're, well, no, because they – They're, don't they're mean, ranked now, mean, right? Like yeah. letdown games. But it, it seems like when they have their good years too, that they'll that they'll have their good years and they'll pick off a few good teams, but they'll lose the teams that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, Michigan State. I guess I guess saying that this is going to be a letdown game is kind of odd to say, um, if that's the case for Pitt. But what I like here is Clemson is 0-6 against the spread, and Pittsburgh is 5-1 and against the spread this year. Mm-hmm. Um, those numbers to me just tell me to just ride Pittsburgh as long as it's as long as it's good for, especially against a team that's 0-6 against the spread. Dude, it's crazy how Vegas has been handicapping Clemson this year. Like it has just made zero sense. Like they finally adjusted. They essentially were forced to adjust last week, but it is it's insane. Um, this is the interesting part. In, in the tough part for Clemson because their defense is still good. Like we, as much as we want to rag on Clemson, this is not a problem because the defense. The defense is only allowing twelve point five points a game. They're allowing two hundred and one pass yards per game and one hundred thirteen rush yards. They are still a good defense. The problem lies completely within the offense, which is not you know completely unexpected. The degree to which the struggle is, I think 
is a little startling. I especially I I anticipated regression, but I did think DJ was going to be able to shoulder some of the inabilities and losses that Clemson suffered. They lost a lot on the offensive line. They lost their best offensive weapon um, in Etienne, who was both a running weapon and a passing weapon, um, or a receiving weapon, I should say, in the past game. I thought he'd be able to shoulder a little better. He has not. And it's kind of startling how Clemson's inability to get an offensive line has been. It's slowly been regressing year in and year out. I don't understand what that's about. But the matchup is Kenny Pickett versus this Clemson defense. And that is a very intriguing one. Yeah, so Pickett through the air is phenomenal, right? He's racked up so many (laughs) passing yards. It's ridiculous. Um, And a a decent receiving core that he has. He doesn't have the best receiving core, but he he has some players out there. The problem with Pitt and Pickett is they have no run game so if clemson can um take out or you know have good cover coverage down the field it might be a bad day for Pitt at the office it could be and that's the question is what are they going to elect to do because if they try to get ultra aggressive with him to this point in the season Pickett has absolutely shredded teams that try to blitz at a high rate he absolutely shreds them um, he's only thrown one pick this season. He's got 21 touchdowns. He's 11th in yards. He's third in QBR. And when you look at his numbers against the Blitz, it is staggering just how good he is. But then, do they elect to kind of play a shell defense? And does that allow Pitt to get a bit of a run game and him to take chunk yards and kind of muck it up? Because then the offense, it's it's going to be an interesting battle what they try to do with him um, in that phase. The problem is, is if they don't keep this game, I'm going to say if they don't ke- keep Pitt to like 23 and under, like those low 20 ranges, I don't know how Clemson wins this game because Pitt's defense is good. Now, do they get ultra aggressive and, you know, can DJ maybe step up a little bit and realize some of the talent he has? I don't know and get some faith back in himself. But if they can't keep that number in the low 20-ish high teens, I don't see how they cover this number. Yeah. I mean, Clemson is 16 in defense. So, ranked 16 in defense or defensively. Uh, this is, yeah, this is like, I think it's going to be a slug fest. This might look like Big Ten football. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it looks like Big Ten football, Clemson's going to come out on top on this one. That's, that's going to be the problem if it looks like Big Ten football. I don't know that Pittsburgh would be able to pull off a close one against Clemson if it's a low scoring game. But like Nate said, if, if Pittsburgh starts putting up some points, it, I don't see Clemson scoring. They can't hang that much. Yeah, they just they, they just, just can't, can't hang. Yeah, oh. that's true. That offense, the, the offense is pretty explosive. But the Tigers have been good against explosive offense defensively. Yeah. They've done they've done a very mm-hmm. good job. Brent Venables is is amazing. Like that has been half a Dabo's success is him being able to keep his coordinators um, there. So um, and really riding their ability defensively and so we'll see um it'll be an interesting one there is one game i'm interested to get opinions on it's probably not like the most intriguing game but it is an interesting game nonetheless and that is the wisconsin badgers versus Purdue uh, boil makers man you, it's the one i was looking at too you yeah. knew that one needed to hit the spotlight here the line is at three and a half mm-hmm 
under over unders at 40 and a half very fitting for these two teams in Big 10 football. Where are we in this game and how they are we doing? We're close this? to 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's fair. Where what are our feelings here cuz this this feels like a trap. It feels like what my brain wants to do. I'm fighting my brain on this one. But where are we in this? And to be clear, I don't think I stated yeah. it, but Wisconsin is the favorite by three and a half in this game. Yeah, that needs to be stated because it doesn't feel like they should be. No. Um, especially after Purdue being against Iowa. Maybe they're thinking maybe they're thinking that uh, that this is a big letdown game. Um, but Purdue's at home. So this one makes no sense to me. And I kind of like Purdue in this one um, to win the game. I mean, they're at home, and Wisconsin just hasn't been able to put together anything on offense at all. So, yeah, I if Wisconsin's defense is able to score, then I think Wisconsin wins this game. <laughs> if, what a wild they, statement. <laughs> if Wisconsin's defense cannot come up with a, a score or two, I think this is Purdue's game to lose, um, if that makes sense. I don't disagree. I mean, it, here's the thing with this game, and it's hard for me because it, it's – dude, I'm such a sucker for pain because I, I want to pick Wisconsin so bad. But – and Purdue – this is the part of, like, college football has just been so bad for me. Like, last week – when have I missed an opportunity to take Purdue? Like, I, I just didn't tweet it out and send it out in time. But, like, we, we won big in 2019 with Purdue uh, against Ohio State. That was, like, a four-unit play there. Um, and it was a nice win. Like, Purdue's great for upsetting teams here. And do they have a letdown spot? But I keep coming back to the fact, and it's something we talked about in the Big Ten p- preview, is that ability of that defensive line to just create havoc. And you saw that in the Iowa game. And uh-huh. I don't know how Wisconsin accounts for their ability to create absolute havoc up front um, and honestly get some offensive production, which they have struggled. I mean, they only put up 20 against Army. You know, they put up 24 against Illinois. This is not a good team um, by any stretch of the imagination. They're averaging 19.7 points per game. Their defense is om- is letting up 19.3, which is fantastic. Nine or 63 yards. Um, on the ground is what that defense is letting up. One of the best in the country. But Purdue's defense is pretty on par. I mean, they give up more rushing yards, but they're right there with them. They're only giving up 14 points per game. You know, they are very, because they can create such havoc up front. And that's the part that I keep coming back to in how Wisconsin can even try to manage that. I, I don't know if they have a solution there. And if it's a close game, that feels like Purdue can stay within the number of three. Like, yeah. that's where I'm at with this. I don't know. All these games are. I feel like we've been saying the same point for every. Single oh, it's a, it's a bad board. It's yeah, it's an it's absolute bad, bad board, yeah. crazy board. Um, yes. any other games you want to touch on, talk about before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, your favorite, your favorite Oklahoma. team. You want me to talk oh, about yeah. o- Oklahoma? Oh, I was going to talk about your favorite your favorite team to gamble on. The other oh, one yeah. that you don't miss. Yeah, not. Syracuse? Yes. yes. At plus three and a half on Virginia Tech? Yeah, yes. it's on there. Syracuse, they're six and one against the spread. Virginia Tech is two and four against the spread. I think this one is one where Syracuse can catch them. 
I finally yeah. got the Virginia Tech side right. Uh, I bet Pitt last week, but I have been missing left and right on the Virginia Tech <laughs> side of things. But you are right. I love, love to bet a Syracuse dog. Um, yeah, this is a game. This is an interesting one. It's at home. It's a noon kickoff, so that's nice. Um, Virginia Tech's a weird team. I mean, I'm not a Justin Fuente fan. I, I think he has really, really underperformed at Virginia Tech, and that is not a controversial thing. I mean, when Hooker is leaving to go to Tennessee, you have problems. Like, that is, you have problems when your star quarterback is saying, I'd rather go to the dumpster fire that is Tennessee, who got screwed out of that game, by the way, last week. Um, we didn't even talk about that, but absolutely screwed. Um, that's a problem. Like, Justin Fuente's days sh- should be numbered at Virginia Tech. Um, and I've been calling for that for a little while. He's just not up to par for what that program should be. But, um, yeah, I love I love Syracuse. Um, this is not going to be a high-scoring game. No, not even in the slightest. Um, <laughs> no. Um, um, Virginia Tech's defense is pretty good. Um, depends on their opponent, though, right? Yep. Um, and I, I'm with you. Virginia Tech has is, has been hot and cold. I don't know. I I guess I'm leaning that I think Virginia Tech will win this game. So my brain initially thought that. So that means I'm going to fade it because I've been completely wrong on Virginia Tech almost every time. That's what I did last week. I was like, oh, I think Virginia Tech can cover this number. And I texted my buddy who goes to Virginia Tech, and he was like, just go with the opposite. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the opposite. And that's, <laughs> um, that's fair. And that's but, the first time you're on the right side of Virginia Tech all year, right? Correct. Yep. Uh, I've been completely dead wrong on them every time I touch a Virginia Tech game. So it's been a real fun experience with Virginia Tech this year. Um, so I am liking Syracuse in this game. Um, they are getting the three. They have the hook on there, which is important. If you're not getting the hook, I don't know if I love it as much. But with that three, that three and a half, um, this is a team that is that is rolling and has played, you know, good competition they were right in there mm-hmm. you know they put up 14 against clemson which was nice they were right in there with wake um so they're kind of in these really close games i mean they played clemson and wake both to a field goal um they played florida state to a field goal which you know not great they beat liberty though by a field goal like they keep these numbers these games very very close and so yeah. i do think this is a great spot for syracuse once again to get a win after some pretty kind of demoralizing losses when you have Clemson and you're within a field goal and a chance to tie it. You know, you've got Wake within a field goal. These are games that have slipped through, and I, I do think this is a place where they can get a win. Yeah. Uh, Tim, mm-hmm. we are letting you off the hook um, because weeks have Uh-oh. passed, but you still, at, at some time during, before the college football uh, Maryland season ends, you have to answer for Maryland. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That Maryland um, take. I was hoping you guys didn't bring this up because I, I, I was missing. Um, we can wait to the end of the year to see know, where the tally's at, but yeah, not looking great. No, nope, yeah. nope, nope. Because uh, part of my picks last week that I sent to you, um, there would have been an apology. Um, my pick <laughs> that was going against Maryland last week was officially declaring them dead. They are officially dead. They do this to me, I think, every year where they, <laughs> they start looking like a halfway decent team. They start looking like they're going to be um, turning the corner, and then all of a sudden they just die. Um, that's what they've done this year. It looks like that's what they're doing. Um, that the the game against Iowa to his little brother just looked broken. He looked like he didn't even 
need to be out on the field anymore. Um, so, yeah, um, from here on out, bet against Maryland. They're a dead team. <laughs> they're dead to be, and they're a dead team. Uh, Minnesota, which is a game not worth watching. In my Correct. Opinion. They are oh, also gotcha. a dead team. So who knows what to do in that one? I, I, I'm not. De- I won't declare Maryland dead enough to bet that game because I don't want anybody to have to watch that game. Yeah, don't. Unless you're a Golden Gopher, in that case, go Gophers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Golden Gophers. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, that is that is accurate. Um, do we want to touch on the historic game? Yeah, USC uh, Notre Dame. <laughs> what are we talking here? <laughs> yes, USC Notre Dame. Yeah, we can definitely touch on that one. Um, it's on there. Um, this will probably be the last one. We'll give out our cards after that. But the all-time classic kind of a game. Two teams that are not in the positions they want to be this year coming into this game, though. The lines at six and a half. Notre Dame is the favorite. Over under is fifty-seven and a half. Notre Dame is coming off a bye here. Um, you're getting a USC team that has been wildly inconsistent. You have a quarterback that going into this season, I kind of said, you know, there are times where Slovis looks like a top-tier elite quarterback, and then there are other times where you don't know how he found his way onto the football field. Um, and then you've got similar story in Notre Dame where there has been some wild inconsistencies in the offensive play at the quarterback position. Um, there is a bit of a, a quarterback battle there. Um, but the defense has been solid um for the most part and held up where do we feel at this game um how are we going into this one and and our thoughts around this this so far Mm, i don't know if notre dame's defense a defense i don't know if notre dame's offense is consistent enough for me to trust them to like win this game with that said i don't know if usc can score enough points to win this game yeah it and I know that sounds wild, but it's it's just true. Like you said, we have a quarterback battle um, at Notre Dame right now, um, and their offense have been, their offensive. Not only have their, has their offense been crazy, like uh, inconsistent, their offensive line is either very stout or just lets you waltz right to the quarterback. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how those things match up. With that said, USC's offense is like in the top fifty, but they struggle to finish sometimes. So, yeah, they, they suck in the red zone. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, oh, oh, it's crazy, it is it? I mean, Notre Dame is not in the position they really wanted to be in, but they are still 5-1. and one. Um, USC has so many ups and downs, and they are traveling to Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame does end up getting up for this one a lot. So I do like Notre Dame in this game. We'll see what's going on with their quarterbacks because it, it's weird. Um, you got the you got the runner in Buckner, and then Jack Cohen's just Jack Cohen. He's always going to be the same guy. He's never going to be great. He's never going to be bad. He's going to be like Cade McNamara playing at, at Notre Dame. Um, he won't turn the ball over, but he won't do anything special. And then what I thought was the best quarterback was Drew Pine is sitting there behind them all. So And I, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, as far as their quarterback wise, and like Dante said, it's that their offensive line, you never know what you're getting with them, just like you never know what you're getting with the quarterback. So we'll see. But I do like Notre Dame in this game. I do like them to win, and I kind of like them to cover, but I don't know on that. Yeah, I think Brian Kelly coming off a bye is um, it's a pretty solid backing. Um, I think it's also a solid backing. You got an interim coach at USC, the coaching staff at Notre Dame is. 
is it's a solid staff. It's just getting more consistency on offense, where it's been wildly inconsistent, as you both kind of alluded to. Um, and to Dante's point, the offensive line can be good or it can be absolutely terrible. Um, but I do, I do put faith in that defense. I do put faith in it being at home. I do like Brian Kelly. He is sort of kind of maxed out what you can do at Notre Dame based off some of their kind of handicaps they have to deal with, um, the one hand tied behind the back and the recruiting kind of aspect of things. But they far exceed that, so I do like it. I don't know if it's going to find my way on my card. My card's relatively small right now. It's probably going to be added to. Um, but this is something that, you know, we're taking, we're giving a lot of attention to college football, so we want to make sure we're, we're giving you the best info. But, Tim, did you want to rattle off, or Dante, if you have one, rattle off your cards today? or? <laughs> Um, ahead, I'll let you go first while I come up with mine. Oh, man. You, <laughs> you already know I, I, So I was like, before we started this podcast, I was like, ah, I'm not really going to gamble. I'm going out to L.A. Um, won't really be watching much of the games going out to L.A. for the Lions game. Um, die hard over here, if you forgot hey, about that from, hey. from past years. But uh, it's more for Matthew Stafford, not for the Lions. And so I was like, ah, I'm not really going to watch the games. And then I start looking at this board, and we're talking about it more and more. And it's like, oh, I, I could go with that one. I could go with that one. Um, so. Okay. <laughs> a lot of pain. A lot of pain. In a lot head. of pain. Went Just to that game pain. this past weekend, and that's uh, mm. it's not mm. a good showing. Um, okay. So what I've got so far is I do have Pitt um, on there, minus the three and a half. Uh, I got Syracuse plus three and a half, Utah minus two and a half, Iowa State six minus six and a half, um, and that is it right now. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna pull the trigger on Purdue, but I'm not there just yet. Um, and then we may add another card or two, uh, another pick to the card. So make sure you are following at Trophy Kids Podcast or at Trophy Kids Pod on both Instagram and Twitter to make sure you are getting all our up to date tweet or tweets everything for the most part um last minute picks all of it it. you want the bonus content that's where you get the bonus content um but that's what i've got my picks (laughs) what um i said and then i have come up with some picks so um we will go with we're gonna follow nate on most of these unfortunately we are going syracuse i do like the pittsburgh one uh minus three and a half and then there were a few other ones that i had liked when i was scrolling down uh notre dame i'm just gonna add them to the, to my picks as well notre dame minus seven um and then i thought i had a few more when i was looking at these 330 games um yeah purdue i'm gonna go purdue money line i just think that they'll win that game um, I, I just don't like Wisconsin. I'm probably going to be wrong because the line's telling me that I should be betting on Wisconsin because it's weird. It doesn't feel like it should be like that. Um, but I'll go down with that one. So, Cool. That makes it easy. All righty. Anything else before we wrap this up? It's going to be a heck of a show next week. It's going to be a heck yeah. of a show. Uh, Just get ready for next week. It's going to be fun. All righty. I can't wait for that line to come out. Oh, neither can I. (laughs) It's going to be a good week. We got some good football coming down the road. You know, we're we're paying our penance right now with the NFL and and, uh, college slate, but we've got some very good games coming down the pipeline. So it's going to be fun. Uh, We appreciate your support. And as always, peace. 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 Peace.